0: 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 12 to 16, it says, Now David was the son of of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah. All right, I want us to notice that. He was the son of this man whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And what it's saying there is that, that, that Jesse was an old man, simply an old man. And the three eldest of his sons went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab. And the Bible continues to tell us that the firstborn and then the next unto him and the next unto him. Their names are Abinadab and Shammah. Verse number 14. And David was the youngest. Everybody say the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But, everybody say but. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. And so this morning, I want to just talk to us a little bit about feeders and fighters. Can you say that? Feeders and fighters. Go ahead, say it to your neighbor. Feeders and fighters. In the name of Jesus. Let's lift our voice and let's just pray this morning. Father, God, we thank you for the touch of God that's in this service, Lord. You have called us God, to this place, to this gathering. God, nothing happens by circumstance or happenstance, God, simply. But God, you have called every person here, God, God, on purpose. God, there is destiny and there is, Lord God, a, a divine appointment for all of us today, God, because we've gathered in your name. And when we gather in your name, anything can happen. And God, we give you praise for what you'll do. We pray that your anointing, God, would settle upon us as your children, and we pray that we would hear God what you have to say today everybody say amen praise God shout amen come on one more time shout amen and clap your hands to the Lord this morning thank you Jesus so hallelujah praise God you may be seated I enjoy how the scripture backdrops its subjects in particular here David the son of this Ephrathite of Bethlehem Judah the youngest of eight sons everybody say the youngest at the time at times when we look at the scripture we we see that sometimes we are left with little to lean on for our understanding sometimes people are left nameless in the Bible we don't know much about their backgrounds yet at other times the Bible lays perhaps a banquet for us of subject matter by which we may intimately Glean from. Such is the case of David. By virtue of the way of it the Bible places him, it, it's as though the scripture wants us to know everything about him. It's as though the scripture makes every detail important, important that he is the son of Jesse, that he is from Bethlehem, Judah, and it tells us the tribe by which he come from, that tribe of Ephraim. We see that every detail about David's life becomes important because there's much about the life of David that the scripture wants to speak to us about. Aren't you glad that you just know about the life of David? Aren't you glad that when you think of the scriptures you can reflect back upon those details and those details bring value, those details bring hope, the highs and the lows of David's life? Aren't you glad the scripture was not silent? Aren't you glad today that you can look into even the life of David or another Bible character and you can find hope. You can find understanding. You can find the grace to walk another mile because the Bible says the scriptures were given for our admonition. And this morning we have hope today because of the scriptures. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for the word of God. Much could be said about his position in the birth order, but time doesn't allow us to digress there this morning other than to say this, that being last doesn't mean that you're least. Let me say it again. Being last doesn't mean that you're least. You could be born last, but it does not mean that you're least. You might be overlooked by some, but it doesn't mean you're overlooked by God. Come on, somebody. It don't matter your birth order. It don't matter your pedigree. God looks upon who he will, and he chooses who he will. Come on, somebody. That's the truth. God does not look at things like that. It is interesting to note that the three eldest followed Saul. Hear me this morning. It's interesting to note in Scripture that the three eldest left and followed Saul, but David followed Sheep. Interesting, isn't it? That the scripture makes that come alive for us. That the three eldest, the ones that were strong and the ones that were born first that could kind of come ahead of of David, they got to follow Saul. It was glorious. It was wonderful. It was the moment that they had been waiting for. It was the opportunity of their life. Oh, Jesse must have been so proud that three of his sons could walk off in the military. Aren't we proud of those who serve us? Come on, aren't we proud of our sons and daughters that serve us? We're coming up to a time here in November when we'll celebrate people that sacrifice their own personal good for the good of others. I think that's something that's valuable. More than ever, we need to honor those heroes. Come on, more than ever, we need to celebrate people that put on a uniform. Hello, somebody. We need to celebrate some people that stand up for the rights and the good of others i don't need to go down this trail today but if there's anybody that should be lifting their voice to protect people in uniform it ought to be the church it ought to be the church of the oh hello somebody it ought to be the church we don't need to blend our voices with a generation that wants to throw authority under the bus, but we must turn back to the scripture and understand that the authority in the Word of God is there for us. It empowers us, it empowers our leaders. Now, that's not to mention that I do drive down trails sometimes that aren't roads, but that's another story. I'll take the ticket. Second Samuel. 7 and 8 says, Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have took thee, I have took thee from the sheep coat, and from following, come on, and from following, come on, it wasn't glamorous, it wasn't wonderful, it wasn't something that you would want to sign up for, but David followed sheep. And the Bible says this is the place where God took him from. He wasn't from following Saul. The Bible doesn't say that I took you from following a great army general and the king. The Bible says that God took David from following sheep. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter where you come from. I hope you get the message today. It don't matter what you're connected to or who you're connected to. If you're connected to God, that's what matters. That's what matters. It don't matter. The people that you know, you think you need to know. If you know him, you know everybody you need to know. He is your ticket. He is your way. Oh, why don't we give the Lord praise here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't get to follow Saul like his brothers initially. But the Bible says he's following sheep. Can you imagine? It's a stinky business. There's a walking around, and your friends don't even speak your language. Bah, bah, bah. You know, you can't even talk to anybody. No wonder he had to talk to God. You got nobody else to talk to. They don't talk his language. Maybe that worked out in his favor, because maybe he could pour out his heart, and they wouldn't know what he was talking about. I think sometimes it's good for us to be alone and sometimes we need to get alone hello somebody where we can just get with God and it don't matter what anybody else thinks or anybody else hears that we can just pour out our heart to God in a quiet place I think that's the place that God would like to speak to us this morning He 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 he's following sheep it's, it's not a, it's not really attractive everybody else maybe gets to go off to war, but he's stuck following these little two-foot creatures, these little ankle biters. You ever been around a sheep? They're quite rude. They bump you, and they they may nip at you, and and they'll scream at you. It's not great company, really, to be honest. You know, and I don't even know what people make a big deal about sheep because they actually do stink, and you touch their, their fur and your hand. There's just something on your hand after you touch them. It's just nasty. You know what? And then, that's the reality. But but David, that was his job. His job was to get close to the sheep. And somehow, in some way, there was some kind of intimate factor that God wanted him to withdraw, holo somebody from that private experience that would propel him into a public. Come on. It would propel him into a public place. It would propel him into a place where he could operate at that level. But somewhere, somehow, in this private place, God says, I want you to get a hold and I want you to get accustomed to. I want you to get used to the sheep coat. The sheep coat. Two opposite realities. Picture these two opposing realities. The three youngest, or the three eldest go off to war. Saul following this man, Eliab the firstborn, Abinadab, Shammah. They're, they're ready for battle. They're surrounded by the clanging of swords and the rough voices of armored men, probably much older than them. Oh, the excitement. Oh, oh, oh! how awesome it was. I'm sure that when they left for war, they, they, they put back their chest, and the, they waved by to the younger brothers, and someday you'll be like us. Someday you'll get to go off to war like us. And they probably strutted out the door. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a little bit of a pride that surrounded that day and then that that time in their life. But the kid brother, he retreats to a quiet countryside. There's no clanging of swords, there's just the chirping of sheep. And he, he retreats to the countryside to follow and to feed the sheep. That was his job, to follow and to feed the sheep. Sometimes we look at others in their seasons. Hello, somebody. Only to be discouraged by our own. You know how social media works. You pull it up and you look at somebody's life. They're living their best life now. And they want you to know it. Anybody know anybody like that? Come on, don't poke the neighbor beside you. You know, don't look across the aisle. But there's some people that that they live in their life and everything they do is going on social media. And I don't think that's a great thing. I I think we can post here and there and celebrate a few things. But I don't think your whole life should be on Instagram. Well, what did they eat for breakfast today? Oh, eggs benedict. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? We we know the relation status day by day. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Instagram. Thank you for updating me on the personal life of this individual. But the world has become increasingly public, and it's become decreasingly, and and at a time when it should be, decreasingly private. We've lost the, the ability to know what private is all about because everything is left out to the public everybody's opinions race to the front of the media now if someone has an an inner thought immediately it becomes a headline immediately it begins to take the newspapers if somebody's tweeting at 2 a.m. in the morning not going to mention any names but the reality is is that those private things they become public so quickly but there was something that God understood that David had to get a hold of is that what you do in private matters What you do in private matters. Come on, somebody. There's some places we can't bring other people with us. There's some things that we must walk through all alone. Come on, would you help me preach in this room today? There's some things we must do alone. We must sometimes learn to retreat to the countryside, so to speak, to a place in private so God can begin to do something in my life. There's been times that this man of God over here forbade me to do things. I wanted to move on to the next season, but he said no because he understood there's something valuable about doing things in private. Come on, there's some opportunities that we want that are not good for us. There's some jobs that we want that are not good for us. My God, we better have a man of God in our life. We better have a voice in our life, young people. Every opportunity is not a good opportunity. Hello, somebody. Every opportunity is not a good opportunity. It's the truth. It's the truth. No, the sheep coat isn't glamorous. No, the private life, it isn't going to get you many likes. No, I understand that. But there's something that happened in the life of David in this private place. Retreating to this countryside. I'm certain that David desired to walk the road to the battle like his brothers. Hear me this morning. I am certain David desired to participate in the national conference, this war, this gathering together of all these champions. I'm sure that David wondered if he'd ever get his chance to retire the sheep for the sword. I'm certain that there was times when he said, oh, I just wish I could, I wish I had a sword like my brothers, but no, I'm left with sheep. I'm left with sheep. Do you know what? Living without some things is, is a good thing sometimes. You know, there's something powerful that happens when you become a, a minimalist, when God does not give you things that you want, then you start to realize what you actually have. Hello, that's a good word for somebody today, that you might ask God for things, but God withholds them from you because he wants you to understand what you do have. Oh, I want that bigger house. Well, maybe you'll not, never learn how to turn your house into a home because you're so stuck on getting something bigger and better. You know, there's people like that. They they, they want the better job. They want the, they, And it becomes about the money, and then they get that, and then they wonder, how or where am I, and how did I lose my way? How did I lose my way? Listen, it isn't, I don't know why I'm on this today, but it isn't about more money. It's about learning to do with our money what God wants us to do. If I have 10 bucks, if I have 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks, it does not matter. Come on, somebody. We gotta stop making our decisions on the abundance of things and the abundance of, of money. We gotta stop making our decisions on those things. You see, because David... David was forced to to deal with that lonely road, deal with that lonely countryside where he had no friends and he had nobody around. Some of you complain about maybe there's not many friends your age or you don't have anybody to connect with. Well, talk to David about that. Talk to David about that. All he had in his youth group were sheep. That's all. they didn't have anybody else. He was hanging out with these guys. But you know what? David had a personal revival in the sheep coat. David got a hold of God in the sheep coat. David got a hold of God in that moment. Something began to happen in his life. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody help me this morning. Come on, somebody preach with me this morning. There's something that happens in private that does not happen in public. There's something that begins to happen. I feel like God is just trying to help somebody, heighten somebody's understanding today that, that where you at isn't as bad as you think it is. That the thing you're walking through, it isn't as bad as you think it is. What God has given you right now is probably all that you need. Come on, what God has given you right now is probably all that you need. Hallelujah. 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 You know what I'm talking about? We, we get a desire and we, we kind of bypass the present moment to live in future moments. You know, you're single and you're ready to mingle. You're single and you're, you're going you're gonna to bypass the moment of being single. I, I, I've been there. I had't get married till I was 31. I wish I could say glory to God. <laughs> I was talking to God about this like a decade earlier. God was late, it seems. But I do have a beautiful wife, and she's here, and I honor her today. She's here on the balcony. I seriously, I, I kind of lucked out, and I, sometimes I, I look and I see how pretty and cute she is and the beautiful boys that she's given our family and how awesomely she supports me and, and, and our church. And I just thank God for that. I couldn't have figured that out, Pastor. Thank you for taking it because of the times. God used you. glory if I don't own anything I own now (laughs) you know what but 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 in that time you know if I had had it my way I would have went off on the wrong course but in the right time God gave me what I needed you got time for a little love story (laughs) I'm digressing but I remember walking on a beach in, in in Bathurst New Brunswick and I was alone and there was no sheep there thank God I was working as a student pastor there in Bathurst for a period of time, and I was just complaining to God, and I said, God, where are you going to work this out? I'm I'm tired of doing this all alone. This is going to help somebody. This is going to help somebody. (laughs) And I prayed, and I I said, God, and this sounds silly to you, but I used to collect beach glass, and and, uh, I used to collect all these different colors of beach glass, and I never had a blue one before, and I said, well, God, if you hear me, I don't know if this was God or not, but I'll just say it is, just for the story. And I said, I said, God, if you hear me, God, let me find a blue piece of beach glass. Nothing like tempting the Lord. God probably had to make it. Even I was like, okay, I've got to make this beach glass. This guy, he's, he's really, you know, persistent here. And uh, as soon as I said that out of my mouth, my, uh, I just looked down at where my feet were, and there was a blue piece of beach glass. And then when I engaged her and, and asked her to marry me, I gave her that blue piece of beach glass, and her eyes were as blue as that blue piece of beach glass true story, true story, and my pastor told me, when you come to Fredericton, you, you will not be dating any of the girls, I didn't want to date any of them, I mean, but he did tell me that, my hopes were shot again, you are a pastor at Capitol Community Church, and you won't be dating any of those girls, well, can I reconsider the contract, anyway, once again, we digress. But being single isn't a bad thing. Maybe perhaps that in your singlehood right now that there's something that God wants to do with you. Why should we, why should we try to rush that season of our life when that season of our life is going to set up us up for the next season? Come on, don't we understand that God has all things ordered for our life? We don't got to fret. We don't got to get worried. God knows the hairs on the top of our head or not on top of our head. Come on somebody, you know we we can get frustrated with the seasons of our life. You you know what I'm talking about? You're too young to have any fun. You know, you you, you don't got a car and that that's kind of cute, but it it it's not it's not so cute after a while. You know, you're broken, it's no longer a joke. You know, it's funny when you're 15 and you don't got no money, but when you get to 18 and 19 and you got no money, it's not fun. Somebody shout amen. You know what? There's those seasons in our life that the, that, that, you know, we, we, we struggle with those seasons. It's not so fun. You know, there's a girl you might like, but you got no car and, and you maybe you just got to kind of resort to take her on a bus ride through Fredericton. <laughs> you know, it's not fun, but those are seasons and those are challenges. But I just want to draw our attention today that there are some things that we must endure that is good for us. David endured the sheep coat because it was good for him. Come on, I want to say it again. David endured the sheep coat because it was good for him. You've got to determine that where God has you right now is good for you. You must resolve in your mind right now that where you are is not a waste of your time. Don't whist it away. Don't hope that it just passes by quickly because now is the best time to do something for God. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Every younger brother and sister knows what it's like to be left behind by older siblings. David's older brother advanced to the the front of the line, and David retreated to the back of a field. But the field was his formation. The field was his home. I guarantee you that much of his adult life reflected back upon his childhood. Home. Home was the honing ground. It always is. Can I tell somebody today that you you may feel like moving your feet because you feel a little bit unsettled? Let me tell you that home is the honing ground. Let me tell you, serving in the local church, it don't get any better than that. I don't care how big the other church is across town, across the other province, across the... Come on, serving in the local church is as good as it gets. Every jewel, every treasure. I need somebody to help me here right now. Every jewel, every treasure can be found in the local church. We can find our identity. It will make us better people. It will make us better on the job when we serve in the church. It will make us better people. To God, when he went to choose a champion... God didn't, God didn't go to the front of the battle line. He went to the back of the field. Psalm chapter 78 and 70 to 72. He chose David also his servant. Hear me somebody. His servant. And he took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob, his people in Israel, his inheritance. He did not go to the front of the battle line. He went to the back of the field, and he found somebody that would be faithful in feeding his people. Come on, somebody. I, I just feel like God is speaking to somebody, some young person in this place, or perhaps some other person that you're in a diff- difficult season in your life, but God is not going to waste that season. It's not going to waste that season. It's interesting if you look at the scripture because it says he's following these ewes great with young. In other words, they're going to have a baby and you know, he's got to give special attention to perhaps something he doesn't even want to do. He doesn't even want to do this probably in the first place. I'm sure his thoughts are, are dreaming of, of, of greener pastures. But he's got to now give special attention and, he, and he's got he's to work a little bit harder to make sure this little sheep that's having a baby gets on its way. we gotta, We got to make sure that, that the baby that's inside of that sheep doesn't get aborted. we got to make sure that there's a, a shepherding going on here so, so I can be a good shepherd and, and make sure the sheep are increasing. Do you know what God wants us to do in the season of our life? He wants us to protect the increase. He wants us to protect the increase. There's baby inside of the little lambs that are in this church. So what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna suck your thumb and think about your life when God's got another generation rising up. Well, that's getting too real for some of you. That's getting too real for some of you. But if you're really a child of God, you're gonna do what Jesus told Peter and feed his sheep. You're gonna make your whole life about feeding sheep. You're gonna make your whole life about living for God to feed the sheep. Yeah, that's a good word right now. That's a good word. You you, you can't afford to sit in your pew. I don't care if you're 5 or 50 or 150. We all have a purpose in the season that we're in. Oh, I wish we'd give the Lord praise in the house. Oh, come on. We can give God praise greater than that. We can magnify God greater than that. Pastor Jay, I'm so glad you didn't overlook me. I'm so glad I couldn't sing, but he threw me up behind a pulpit, and I wouldn't even have gave myself a chance. But you did. In that church, I don't know how many people we had, 50-some-plus people, but you were a good pastor. You cared for me. When I was hurting, I cried on your shoulder. When I didn't have answers, you mentored me and you poured into me. You took me places. You didn't overlook the little lambs. You didn't overlook the future and the next generation. Who is in this church that will not overlook the next? Oh, my God. Who is in this church today that will not overlook the next generation? Come on, somebody. we got to arise today. There's a revival in our midst right now. Come on, I feel something shaking in this church. I feel, I feel prayers arising from previous generations, and I feel there'll be an answer right now. We need somebody that sees what God's doing right now. Come on, what's it gonna take to move you? Is God gonna do a special favor for you? Why don't you do a special favor for God? Why don't you go feed His sheep? Why don't you get busy about His business? I ain't going to do nothing for God until God does this. Oh, yeah? Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. If you care for me, Peter, feed my sheep. I just want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost what you're doing back there, Eric, matters. What you're doing here in the music and everything that's happening matters it matters it matters in 1993 i sat back there in this church i was a brand new christian people were worshiping that mattered that mattered if all the people did was show up and have the lights on so a little 16 year old could come and see how great and good god is that matters. Don't underestimate coming to church. Don't underestimate sticking the key in the ignition and putting your Sunday best on and going lifting up praise. Maybe the sermon isn't going to be as good as last week, or maybe it will be better, but it doesn't matter because there's another generation arising. We must understand that God values faithfulness, God values what happens in this season, what's happening right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, why don't we just take a moment and stand and give God praise? Whoo, Shaka Rabahaya. He kotor rabahaya rabahaya. He kotor rabahaya rabahaya. He kotor rabahatae aboho rabahaya hallelujah come on somebody before you ever get to be a fighter you got to make up your mind that i'm going to be a feeder i'm going to feed the sheep i'm going to be faithful in the small things i'm going to do what nobody else can see in my season come on i'm determined to be a feeder i'm not just looking for the glory of a fighter i will be a feeder you know what a feeder looks like looks like Marcus Dudley that all weekend he took the messages and the things that I was preaching and he turned it into something visual, he's feeding in this body you didn't know it, you didn't see it, you didn't see the text he was texting me and sending me proofs and said hey does this work and he was was trying his talent but he was feeding the kingdom of God and I got a word for that that if you just keep doing that there's no telling where God might take you there's no telling what God might do for you I don't know about you, I thank God for the, for the sheepfold, I rejoice over the sheepfold, it's the greatest thing that happened in my life, but I don't want to stay there, I just want to get what's in that season so I can do something for God. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout unto the Lord, shout unto the Lord, shout unto the Lord! I'm going to ask our music to come back this morning. Come on, you can see praying. There's a spirit of the Lord that's rushed over this house. CCC, see, 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 what you're doing matters. Young person, what you're doing in your youth group matters. It matters. Come on, I can tell you, and I, I think there's some elders that would tell you that the greatest seasons of our life was the sheepfold. I can't tell you how many times I've Chot it with Pastor McNair and I said oh those days were good and then we say wouldn't we like to go back to those days man they were good days man they were beautiful days there was a lot of funny days in those because we had like an 80 year old piano player and she was like glued to the wooden seat and you know I think her smile was too And she just sour you know she would put notes on the bulletin board and I would Talk. She was an English teacher. I didn't always talk English. And I would say things like, guys, come on, guys. And i get notes on the bulletin board. You know, there was no text messages back then, apparently. If i get paper notes on the bulletin board, I, maybe perhaps I would just walk by the bulletin board and see this message and say, God's people are not guys or gangsters. They are this and that. It wasn't always fun. It wasn't always pretty, but I thank God for that woman of God. She was a m- woman of prayer. She didn't celebrate Christmas, but by God, she was a woman of prayer. Christmas time, I don't know where she was. She just was home talking to Jesus. Anyway, but she was a, a great old lady, and you know what? And She loved God tremendously. She would bring me white shirts and her husband's white shirts that he had retired, and maybe by hopes that I would wear them, which I did not, I retire those to file 13 and you know but those were great days those were great days and those elders in the church and i heard them praying and you know the sheepfold and times when i'd call up pastor jay's hey i'm going to another person's church and uh you know i won't be home for sunday and and uh i won't be here of service and phone goes silent on the other end he's a big guy and uh he said i'll see you at ten thirty. click Okay. Okay. See how this is going to play. But I was there at 1030. But he taught me that the sheepfold mattered. Home base matters. Come on. He knew that I'd get more at home. Oh yeah, you can give God praise for that. He knew I'd get more home in the house of God. I couldn't see it, but that's what he understood, and he put it in me, and it it matters. It matters. It matters. God chose David from the sheepfold, God selected him from there, this place, and it was, a sheepfold is an enclosed place, that's what a sheepfold is, it's usually not too big, it's just big enough for those little bit of sheep, and it's enclosed, and, and he spends time with the sheep, and he gets very familiar in an intimate way with what happens in that small place, listen, you'll never know what to do in a big place unless you get acquainted with what can happen in a small place. Hello, somebody. Oh, that, that's worth coming out to church this morning for. It's good preaching. You know why? Because a lot of people want the big place. They want to be the fighter. But when they get there, they they can't do any more than David's three other brothers could. Think about that. Think about that. Oh man, these big three brothers, they're going off to war. But you know what? There's no mention of them doing anything what's the little guy that was in the sheep coat that could intimate with, with that little place where God could begin to speak to him in intimate ways and private ways. Then he steps on the scene and says, hey, this doesn't remind me of the sheep coat. In the sheep coat, the will of, the will of David is done. I, I make sure everything happens the right way around here, but I, I got in this big battlefield and things seem to be a, bit, a little bit of chaos. Seems to be some threats. There seems to be some bullies on the playground. I'm used to dealing with bullies on playgrounds. I dealt with a bear and I dealt with a lion and I'm going to deal with you, Goliath. You don't belong here. But you know where he learned all that? He learned that in the sheepfold. The sheep coat he learned how to deal with things in that place he became very faithful with it he mastered what it was to work with a sling and when the moment came it didn't matter the pl- size of the platform in Stellarton, our little church the platform was very small I mean maybe maybe here to the, to the wall the whole thing it don't matter your platform platforms don't matter they don't matter all it's about is feeding sheep all it's about is practicing what God has already showed you in private and the same thing working in public when you learn to do it in private you can conquer the giants I just believe every church and any church can have revival I believe it. I believe it. I believe if we get this principle right, any church can have revival. Oramukto can have revival. (laughs) Just let me go on the record. There's going to be a great church in Oramukto. There's going to be saints of God in Oramukto. They're going to rise up. Don't you be afraid. God is going to do that. God is going to do that. I want us to understand. In that quiet place, this is the most beautiful place of all. I'm sure David many times in his later life, he would have desired to find his way into the back of things for a while. I don't know any pastor that wouldn't like to retire to the back of things sometimes you know what and i think it's good that we let our pastors retire a little bit to the back of things and let other people get in the front of things and let the pastors push people on don't get on your pastor because you don't think he's doing enough understand he's already done enough he's already worked to make a way so that you can work for god Come on, somebody, you want to have a revival church? Support your pastor. You want to have a revival church? Push your pastor and say, I'm with you, pastor. His only job or their only job is to pray for me and to preach to me. That's it. Pray for me, and preach to me, and and encourage, oh, I heard that. Yeah, well, the job is to visit me too. You know what, we can visit each other. We can encourage one another in the Lord. The Bible said they went house to house. We, 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 we got to understand this. We got to understand if we want to push it forward, if we want to push it forward, we must understand that that, 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 that pastor is our treasure. When someone says the word pastor, we all just should celebrate. That's my pastor. That's my pastor. Come on, Amy. I, I know we share that joy. But if we do that, God will honor that. Because that's 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 that, that that's that private stuff. That's that that small stuff. That's that's order. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, one last story. Mike Tyson, I'll keep you standing, but he was a fighter, but before he ever was a fighter, he had a hood experience. Like David, a sheepfold or a home base and he learned in those moments to to fight for his future because when he was just a young boy his his dad walked out on him he had no dad his mom died at 16 years old he's not necessarily a great public figure that we would like to promote but everybody has a story everybody has a story everybody has a childhood a sheep fold a place where you come from. For humor's sake, picture number one. Sometimes life, you don't choose things, they choose you. David wasn't trying to be a fighter, he was trying to be a feeder. Truthfully, he was just trying to be a faithful feeder, but sometimes as you see in the screen that you don't choose things, they choose you. I oh, Evander Holyfield, this is good for our Laughter this morning. Mike Tyson served Vander Halifield a favor during COVID because they can put that in the screen so I, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Is it there? Oh, thanks a lot, Mike. So you'll get it. Some of you will get that later. <laughs> Ask your neighbor. But Mike Tyson, as a child, they'll throw that picture up. Just a little boy. He was arrested a whole lot of times by the age of 13, 38 times by the age of 13, arrested. Brought up in Brooklyn, and no daddy, and his mom is gone. doesn't have much of a, a hope. He's from the hood. He gets in fights, but you know what? Cool story about him is that he had this great love for pigeons, and many people wouldn't know this about Mike Tyson, but in the troubled life that he, he lived, he would, he would retire to this parking garage where he kept pigeons. And that became his outlet. And he began to have a great love for them. And he said he first learned love from a pigeon. You know, I, I think that maybe David could, could relate to something like that. That maybe he learned love and learned what it, what it was to learn love in that intimate way from, from sheep. That they were obedient and that if he loved them, that they would follow him. And if he treat them good, that they, you know, they'd, they, they'd work with him. He, he kind of learned some things like that. But he learned this love and he said it, it was the love of the pigeon that kept him from killing a person. I think that's kind of crazy, but, but you know what? There's, there's something there. There's something there with that, that he would retreat to those experiences and he later in his life and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars of trying to recover pigeons. Because they were kind and they were gentle. No one would ever think that Mike Tyson had that in him. In him was this great fighter, but he was feeding pigeons. In fact, the first punch that he ever threw was over a pigeon. Somebody took his pigeon from him and hurt the pigeon. And Mike Tyson knocked it out. Game over from there. That was the beginning of his career. Somebody took his pigeon. I know a guy like that in the scripture. That His big highlight His big claim to fame was that one day someone tried to take his sheep, but that was his sheep. That's what what he was committed to. That's what he was being faithful to. Don't you mess with my sheep. Come on, I developed a relationship. I probably even know its name. I know its birthday. I don't know what sheep get spankings on their birthday, or I don't know what they get. But that was David's sheep. When someone went after that sheep, he had determined in his mind that you will not see another day. I am going to deal with you. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how ugly you are. You can't touch what God has put me over come on we got to get vicious we got to get tenacious about what God puts in our hand come on God put this in ministry in my hand God put this in my hand it may not be perfect but it's mine and God gave it to me and I'm going to take care of my sheep it was that heart that drove him to fight the lion and to fight the bear it was that heart that drove him into the battlefield with Goliath. He wasn't looking for the battle. The battle was looking for him. God was saying, I, I, I don't need somebody that's willing to jump into a battle. I need somebody that will just take care of my sheep. And here's what happens. God will say, okay, okay, you've mastered this part. Now I'm going to ordain a battle for you. Now I'm going to ordain a battle for you. And this battle is going to propel you. It's going to put you into position. God had ordained Goliath for David. You see, David was not for Goliath. David was not another star in Goliath's crown. But no, Goliath was a star in David's crown. Listen, there are battles that God has ordained for us. There are battles that God has given us that if we begin to understand them properly, if we serve God right now, God will give us victories. God will ordain victories for us. God will not ordain defeat, but He will ordain victories for us. Oh, I see, David. If you'll just allow me this little space. That kindness was showed to David and he made his way to the king's palace and served Saul but later on in life when when he became king he remembered the kindness that was showed to him and he said there is there anybody in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to and, and he finds Mephibosheth and and he brings them to his house and the kindness that was showed to him he showed to Mephibosheth listen sometimes the places that we are brought from are not pretty Sometimes the hoods that we grow up in, the childhoods that we have, the bad experiences that we have, sometimes they're difficult, but you remember, you can remember, you're going to see somebody along the journey that had a bad childhood or a bad experience, and you can do what David did to Mephibosheth, and you can say, come to my house. Because I remember what it was like. You know the problem with people that just want to rise to the top? They forget the people that maybe are at the bottom where they were. Come on, we, we can't have a desire for that. We must have a desire for those small things. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The battle was God's door of promotion. God's door of promotion. Jesus' name. I got more word, but I think I'm done, so... Why don't we just take a moment and we're going to pray and just ask the Lord to move in this place. To the young people that have been in the youth retreat this weekend, just remember that when his brothers went off to war, David was sent home. But home isn't a bad place. The sheepfold is not a bad place. I know that won't be all the glamour. But you're going to go home perhaps this weekend or go home to challenging things in your life. But it isn't so bad because that's the place where God is going to make you. David went home to the backside. But God remembered where he was. God will always see you. God will always see you. Don't be afraid to go home and to serve and to do what God has called you to do. In Jesus' name. Can we just lift our hands? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship team, you can sing. Thank you, Lord.